such a good morning. I love it when, when God turns up, which is every weekend and every day we get together. God turns up. Well, I'm going to go straight into it. And um, so we're, this, uh, we're, at the moment, we're in a series called It's Complicated. Everyone say, It's Complicated. And we're talking about friendships. And uh, this morning, we're talking about, it's not me, it's you. I want you all to point at me, because I'm feeling, feeling good at the moment. Point at me and say, it's not me, it's you. <sighs> yeah, <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> yes, Frankie. I just wanted to get that out of your system. So that, that's the last time you get to say that. It's not me, it's you. You know, it starts as a child. You know, we're like, ah, oh, we get in trouble and it wasn't me, it wasn't me, it was him, it was her, it wasn't me. They did that, it was them. And how often, how many of us have carried that, uh, um, carried that into adulthood? Thank you, Kelly. Um, how many of us have carried that into adulthood? You know, sometimes it's like, uh, it's like you know, what about them? Or what about them? It's not me, it's, it's these guys. What about them? And we carry that, that attitude in us. And Matthew 7, 1 to 5. It says, stop judging others and you will not be judged. For others will treat you as you treat them. Whatever measure you use in judging others, it will be used to measure how you are judged. Jesus, Jesus is harsh sometimes. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? Another version say a plank in your own eye. How can you think of saying, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye. Hypocrite, Jesus being kind again. First, get rid of the log from your own eye, then perhaps you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. I love it that this morning that I felt to pray over people's eyes and then, and then it, relating it to this verse about looking after ourselves. You know, today we are, we are speaking about dealing with our, our own shortcomings or issues, dealing with our, our issues first so we can help our friends and so that we aren't a bigger issue when it comes to relationships. We want to guard our relationships. We want to do everything we can to keep good relationships. You know, you might think, oh, I'm all good. You know, when I was preparing this message, like I'm, I'm an artist and I sort of I kind of visualize these things and I'm like, I'm visualizing this cartoon dude with this like big plank sticking out of his eye and this poor little other guy who's his friend. He's got this maybe this little speck and he's walking around. He's got this big plank and he's just like bang, knocking everyone around. Anyway, I had fun thinking about that cartoon. But, you know, that's what it kind of is. It's kind of like it's obviously, you know, when Jesus was speaking, there wasn't someone with this big you know, there wasn't a tree that fell down and a log was sticking out of their eye and they're walking around like, oh, I can't see. You know, he was, it was just, that's how he was um, illustrating. And, you know, you, we might think, oh, I'm all good. I don't have any planks. I don't have any logs in my eyes. I don't have any issues. I don't have that stuff. But, you know, I think it's, it's healthy and it's wise to keep a check on our hearts and our motives all the time, every day. And sometimes, just sometimes, we may have a plank in our eye and we might not even know that it's there. You know, and even if there are no planks, no logs in your eye, it's better to work on the little speck that we might have in our eye because if we work on that, 
we may stop it from becoming a bigger issue. Proverbs 16.2 People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. That's a hard one again. People may be pure in their own eyes. So we might feel, yeah, I'm all good. Everything's going okay. But, you know, God, he sees our hearts. He sees, well, you know, why do you do it like that? Why, you know, he sees us. He sees our motives. That's why it's good to check our motives every day. Water is good. Another Proverbs. A lot of Proverbs verses. I'm loving Proverbs at the moment. Um. All right, back with uh, the motive. So let's, let's always be checking, what is our motive? What is our motive? Like, first, is there something in me that I need to work in before I help my friend? And what is my motive when I go and help them? Because, you know, are we, are we trying to point fingers? It was you, not me. Are we pointing fingers or are we trying to, are we trying to show their, their faults? Are we trying to, like, go, oh, look at those guys, you know, that person stuffed up. Like, what is our motive when we want to go and, and talk about others or, or try to help others? Proverbs 18.24. There are friends who destroy each other. Good friends. But a real friend sticks closer than a brother. I love that too. Proverbs 17.9. Disregarding another person's fault preserves love. Telling about them separates close friends. So I told you Proverbs is black and white. You know, when we, when we see, you know, we all have issues. We all have faults in us. And when we, obviously when we're friends, we, we, we see more of that because we hang around with them more, so we see things. And when we see something, are we like just telling everyone about it? Are we, are we becoming gossipers? Oh, you know, do you know what this guy did? Or do you know what this girl did? Oh my goodness. Like, and then, Oh, you don't know? Oh, let me tell you. Oh, you don't know? Oh, come on, guys, let's all talk about this issue. Now, I don't want anyone doing that with me. So I'm not going to do that with anyone else. Like, we, we, need, to, we need to protect our, our friendships. We need to protect our relationships. And when something goes down, let's get around them in love. Let's get around them and go, oh, I want to help you through this. And, you know, the whole church doesn't know, need to know about it. All our friends don't need to know about it. Let's just work just together, let's work through this and then you're going to come out great. Because I think we create a bigger issue when we have to tell everyone. Is it like, you know, is that a, is that a pride thing in us that we're, we're telling people that, you know, that worse than us or whatever? It's, it's kind of like we're just making the issue worse. We're making what may be a speck in their eye becomes like a plank in their eye. You know, when I look in the Bible... There's, there's this group of people that we can learn from and learn what not to do. And uh, whenever, I learn, whenever I read about the Pharisees, who's heard about the Pharisees? Or sometimes or they also say the religious leaders in the time when Jesus was on earth. And it was always just like, oh, these Pharisees. Like, they just are crazy. You know, they were professional finger pointers. That was their job. They were, prof- well, it wasn't their job, but in... They thought that they were professional finger pointers. Like, oh, what about him? Oh, what about him? Oh, what about Jesus? Always pointing fingers. You know, and there's this uh, verse that comes to mind, John 8. John 8, 1 to 11. And it's about 
a woman who was caught in adultery. And in that time, that was a very bad thing. And it still is today, but the consequences back then were bad. And so this is a story. It's Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and Pharisees, there they are, brought a woman they had caught in the act of adultery. Who knows why they were in that space as well. We don't know. It does not talk about that, but we won't go there. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. And, you know, we don't know what he wrote down. Like There's been a lot of uh, scholars and people talk about, and I, I don't know what he wrote down. But I, I kind of think maybe he's like, you know, I've got this. I've got this to her. Because she would have been freaking out. The, the, the penalty of, um, it says that they get stoned. So basically they, they, in public they just they get killed which is harsh. So she would have been, there would have been just so much fear in her. She would have just been like, I've been caught. Yes, I know I have done wrong. Now I'm, I'm facing Jesus. He's just going to say, yep, that's right. Stone her. And uh, so he was just like, I've got this. Now, now don't quote me because I, I don't know what it actually says, but I've got this. And um, where we're at. He wrote down the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So they didn't know what he wrote. So he stood up again and said, all right, stone her. Ah, oh, Jesus. But let those who have never sinned throw the first stones. Then he stooped down and wrote in the dust. And I don't know what he wrote the second time as well. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to her, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. What a powerful, powerful story. You know, the Pharisees, like I mentioned before, were always pointing fingers. This woman was caught in adultery. She needs to be stoned now. But, you know, they never worked on their own issues. They never worked on what was inside of them. And Jesus gave them permission to stone them. He said, go and stone them. But he said, the first person who has never sinned, you can be the first person to throw that stone. And obviously, they, were, they, they wanted to show that they were doing something good. And, and when Jesus said that, they're like, well, I've done something wrong. I'm walking away. I've done something wrong. And in the end, they all go. Pride. Their only motive was to find fault in Jesus. So they had reason to arrest him or take him out. You know, some, some of the planks that, that these Pharisees had in their own eye, and maybe we can learn from them, you know, they were arrogant and they were always right. And this is from other stories as well when you read about the Pharisees. They were proud. They were self-centered. They loved to do or think they were doing the right thing when the right people were around and when Jesus was around. They thought they were the most holy. They were jealous that Jesus was getting all the attention and doing things differently and seeing results. They were stuck in the law and not allowing to be free in Jesus. They were religious. They just didn't get relationship. 
and being compassionate. You know, when I look at these stories and when I read that, it's so easy to even point our fingers to the Pharisees. It's like, oh, I can't believe them. Like, you know, it's, it's when we, because we see the whole picture. We see everything that's happened in this book. And it's so easy for us to point our fingers to the Pharisees now that we can see that. But, you know, when we don't deal with the plank in our own eye, we, we are kind of becoming like them. And we are just hurting everyone else. And the plank will blind us and get, up, get, us, get in the way of us. The plank will blind us. You know, we will act out of hurt. We will act out of condemnation. And these can be all planks that we may have as well. We will act out of judgment. We will act out of anger, not peace and love. We will act out of offence. We will act out of unforgiveness and bitterness. You know, I was, um, I was chatting to Jody, my wife, my beautiful wife, who did an amazing job on the worship team this morning. And uh, I was chatting to her about this message. And, and uh, you know, she said, this is, this is like what you went through. And, uh, you know, for those who don't know my story, is I was in another relationship, in another marriage many years ago. And uh, that fell apart. And uh, I was, um, went through a divorce and... And then, yeah, there was all just kind of complications with that. And I was, like, depressed. And, and I've talked a bit about that um, from here. Depressed and anxious and just, I just didn't want to live life. Like, I just, I had nothing in me. You know, but when I, when I dealt with uh, and those kind of things, I still, had, I still had a plank in my eye. I still had unforgiveness. I still had um, offense. You know, the, these things are the biggest things that are... That, uh, Taking people out is offense and unforgiveness. And Jesus is clear in the Bible about unforgiveness. He said, don't let the sun go down you know, like without sorting issues out. And, and offense is, is, you know, people get offended because we didn't do something. And then they get offended because we did do something. And I'm not talking about you guys because you guys are here and you guys are great. Talk about other people who are not here. And don't go and tell them that. <laughs> but, you know... You know, in this, in this, I feel like in this generation we get offended that, you know, that I'm wearing a T-shirt that's, that's long and a jacket that's open and oh, I'm so offended by what he's wearing and I'm so offended by that. You know, we get offended by everything. And, you know, that's what I had. I was offended. I had an unforgiveness. And it, it was hurting other people, my, my relationships. Like it wasn't helping my relationships with my friends. And I had to pull back from pretty much all my friendships, except for one of my good friends who stuck by me, and like a brother, actually. And, you know, I had to deal with this issue to, to move on with life. And so basically, I had to unforgive the, the, the other guy that was involved. Um, I'd, I'd forgiven my ex-wife, but I had to forgive him. And I said to Jesus, I said, I can't forgive him. And I just, I'm so hurt. And, and the, the year of pain that I've had, I just can't forgive him. And in, you know what? I believe when I, when I asked God, I said, God, I need your help. I believe that was the, the day that things changed. The day that like, you know, in, in God's heart, he was like, yep, he's forgiven him. But I still had to go through that journey. I still had to go through that, that forgiveness journey. And, you know, I'm so thankful that I did. And, and it just changed everything. And the day, well, you know, it was a whole journey. It was a process that I said, yep, he is forgiven. You know, I felt free. I felt so free. And I, it just changed me. I felt that, that plank just 
disappear. There was nothing there, nothing against that person. And I could easily just shake his hand or have a coffee, whatever. There was nothing. And that's what forgiveness is. is. That's what is dealing with the plank that's in our eye. And, you know, it's not always easy. But all these things, if we don't deal with them, they will rob us. They will rob us from, from our joy, like I mentioned. They will, rob, they will rob our relationships. And, you know, I don't want to be like that. But this story of the, the woman in, uh, who was caught in adultery, it also shows the great example of the love of Jesus. You know, even though the death penalty was the, the, was the um, punishment for that sin, Jesus spoke out of love. Jesus, like they had every right to, to bring her out and, and, and um, give her that death penalty, but Jesus, he spoke out of love. You know, we can learn from his response and how he lived on earth and treated people. Jesus lived a life of love. Everywhere he went, everywhere as he was walking to the temple, as he was walking to, to pray, everywhere as he was walking to meet with his disciples, his followers, he was faced with issues. He was, people would come to him with all kinds of issues. But he talked to them out of love. Yes, there, there were some serious issues, but he talked to them out of love. He prayed to them out of love. He, he set them free out of love. You know, he healed and set people free out of love. Even though that people would see some of the, the guys that came to him that were like possessed or whatever they were, they like, they would, or they were so sick that they would leave them out of the town and they weren't allowed to come into the gates, they weren't allowed to be around people. Even though that was happening, Jesus was like, I can see more in you and I, I just speak love over you. I just wrap my arms around. I still love you, even though you might have stuffed up. I still love you, even though you, you're so sick that no one even wants to talk to you. I will talk to you. You know, he drew people towards him out of love. He went to the cross and died for all our wrong out of love. And that's one of the most powerful things. Proverbs 16.6, unfailing love and faithfulness covers sin. Unfailing love. That's what Jesus was. He was an unfailing love person. And it covered our sin when he took it to the cross. When Jesus went to the cross, he was mocked by the majority. He had many fingers pointing at him. He should die. Many fingers pointing at Jesus. He deserves this. Many fingers. He could have pointed fingers back. He could have said, oh, it's the, it's the religious leaders, it's the Pharisees, it's, it's the soldiers, it's, it's Judas. I pointed at them. This, this is why I'm on the cross. It's because of them. But, you know, he saw further than that. He saw why he was, he was going to the cross. And his whole time while he was on earth, he knew that one, one day he will end up on that cross. And people were trying to stop that. And people were trying to, no, you can't do that. But he knew why he was on this earth. He knew the purpose. And so he was not pointing fingers at anyone when that moment came. He didn't point fingers at that crowd that were, were spitting on him or whatever they were doing. Yet he says, he calls out while he's on the cross, Father, these guys don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. How powerful. 
in a moment in his darkest hour, Father, they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. Wow, I want to be like that. The two prisoners on the cross, one was pointing fingers. Again, he deserved this. You know, we need to all die together. Blah, blah, blah. Just pointing fingers. But you know, the other one took ownership. He took ownership. Yes, he'd, he'd stuffed up, but he took ownership of his, his problems. And he said, he, he, he actually spoke to Jesus. And if you are really are Jesus, why don't you save me? They weren't the exact words, but it's kind of what he said. And you know, in that moment, Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Because he took ownership of his issue and stopped pointing fingers at others. You know, our job as believers is to bring people into relationship with Jesus. And if I can have the, the worship team up, that'd be amazing. Our job as believers is to bring people into relationship with Jesus. You know, we let we need to let him do the work inside of our friends. We can help the journey, to bring them into this place or to bring them into connect groups or to bring them around friendship. But in the end, God is the one who, who works in us. And we need to allow God to work in our friends. And it's also in Galatians 6.5, it says, For we are each responsible for our own conduct. So we are responsible for our own lives. Like, I don't want anyone else running my life. I want to just be responsible for it, you know, allow God to to work in me. You know, how do we keep ourselves intact? It's from a daily relationship with Jesus, through prayer and reading the Word, and taking ownership over our shortcomings. 2 Timothy. Two Timothy three sixteen. Actually, I've got it here. All Scripture is inspired by God, and is useful to teach us what is true, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. It's amazing when we let God work in us. He will equip us to do every good work. You know, we need to focus. We need to focus on Jesus. That's how we keep things intact. Focus on Jesus. Don't focus on the issue. Don't focus on someone else's issue. Let's focus on Jesus. Colossians 3. Colossians 3. It says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your eyes on the realities of heaven. Where Christ sits at God's right hand in a place of honor and power. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not think only about the things down here on earth. If we jump to verse 10, in its place, you have clothed yourselves with a brand new nature that is continually being renewed as you learn more and more about Christ, who created this new nature within us. At the end of the, uh, that verse, it's Christ is all that matters and He lives in us. 
I love that. When we're clothed with Christ, everything doesn't matter. Everything else doesn't matter. You know, I, I was driving past the other day, the, the Penrith pool at the moment, they've, the, the water, is there's no water in it. And I just had this vision. I was like, do you know, when we are not clothed and when we're not filled with the Holy Spirit daily, it's like going to that pool and just diving in, diving into that pool. You just go, oh, why did I hit my head? Like that's how silly it is. And you know, when we're not filled with the Holy Spirit, and we're not clothed with Him, that's what it's like. We're not taking this day with Him in us. We're taking it how we think is right. And then we ended up hurting ourselves. And I just want everyone just to be upstanding. And maybe you've heard this and you've heard being clothed with Christ. And, and maybe you've heard this message and it's touched you. Maybe there's, there's things that's, you know, like a plank that's in your eye. But you know, I, I believe that the best thing we can do, and a lot of people have done that already here, is come into relationship with Jesus. You know, the best decision we'll ever make is coming into relationship with Him. And daily, we clothe ourselves with His presence. We fill us with His presence. And I just want to pray a short prayer. With every eye closed, I want to put out that invite. If you're not in relationship with Jesus, and you heard this story and it's like, you know what? I'm not in relationship with Him. And I feel like I've got these planks in my eyes and I feel like and you know it doesn't mean that when you become relationship with him that those planks go it means that we have someone that we can um, work through that you know God wants to see that see us free God comes with love and if that's you in this place and you have no relationship with Jesus or maybe you once had a relationship with him and you've walked away for whatever reason if that's you why don't you lift your hand right now and we're going to we're going to pray a short prayer we're going to just pray that we come back into relationship with Him. You know, the Bible says when we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if that's you in this place with every eyes closed, lift your hand up and I'll see that and we'll just pray a short prayer. Coming into relationship with Him, just giving our lives to Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, your presence presence, God. Jesus. Jesus. Lord, I thank you for every single person in this place. Lord, I pray that daily we will check our hearts. What is our motive? And Father, I pray that you help us every single day just to draw nearer to you, to focus on you, O God. Lord, I pray that whatever issues we have, we all do have them. Lord, that we will give them to you, God. Lord, every single day, we will just give them to you, God, and that we will be, we will create great friendships. We will create great community, oh God, because, we, because we're just working in ourselves, oh God. And I just pray over every single person in this place. Lord, I thank you that you love them so much. And I just pray over this week. I pray for a blessing over every single person here. Thank you that you love us so much. I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is alive and it speaks to us, oh God. Lord, I pray that the word will bless us every single day. In Jesus' name we pray.